AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Uh, how, okay, I'm going to throw this question out. If somebody, yep. so the NFL NFL revenue is at an all-time high, and, and we know that because the Packers have to unveil their books, their basically. Bo- yeah, right? they've got to open their books. If somebody wanted to buy the Packers, like instead of 250,000 cheeseheads yep. collectively owning the franchise with their little certificates. It's a piece of paper, yeah. If somebody came in and said, I want to buy the Packers. How would that work? You'd go to everyone with a piece of paper would and you say, to, take that piece of paper I'll give down. You a dollar for that. Here's, a dollar for that. Here's $100,000, and I'll give you two fifty, <laughs> and I'll give you, and it, it would take approximately six years, but after six years, you would own the Packers. Matthew Collar's hanging out, too. Like, has anyone ever tried to buy the Packers? Like, if Mark Cuban said, you know what? I want in. I want in on an NFL team. And the Packers seem like a great organization, and I'd like to buy the Packers. I honestly don't know if how it's would possible. He, how would he buy the Packers? I, I don't know. It's possible because you you would have to go. Bob you would have to Alaska. go to the people who have voting stock and actually get to them. But you would have to start with the league, I guess. It's very. I have no clue. But the league would would love that because it's the bane of their existence that every July, every July, we find out exactly how rich this league is. Because of one team, the Packers, and there's nothing that the league can do about it right now. How much would it cost? Three billion? Well, what's the the Cowboys are over three billion now, right? And I don't know how that would work if because because the Packers would the Packers be one of the top ten most valuable franchises I think in so. terms of branding? Yeah, I think they would be. And everyone's getting this. If it was all local media deals, they wouldn't be. But it's it's national TV money that yeah. comes in. And if you bought the entire... So if you bought the whole thing, you, you'd you be buying the team itself and, and also the, stadi- the stadium r- revenues. And in the last, what, ten years or so, they bought up a ton of land. I bet you would start at three. I bet right now, if huh. you went, if you went to the league and said, "I am moving to buy the Packers," three billion would be a starting price. I mean, if you're getting a two hundred and fifty million dollar check every July just for TV revenue, imagine what you are hauling in. I know that, in Aaron Rodgers jerseys that get sold, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the Bills sold for one point four million, and some Bill, people went billion. like, "Oh, that's a, yeah, billion. Sorry, yeah, not million. That's the Bills. Um, I mean, maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was it wasn't the, uh, that's the Florida sold Panthers for selling a dollar fifty actually, uh, but one point four billion, and they've already almost made that up just in TV revenue yeah. that they have that they've gotten from the league. I mean, July, that, that's wild. July twenty sixteen, Forbes had the Packers at almost two billion. Okay, so, so they'd be two up. years ago. They're just about two. Yep. Okay, so, so they'd be they'd be up from there. It would just be hard to track down all the. The Larry and Hudson. I don't want to sell right? my certificate. You have to. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can keep the certificate. We just have to void it. We I have to void it. I want to keep my piece of paper. We have to cut the top corner off of it. Don't take my piece of paper away. <laughs> All right, but that's not why we're here, and that's not why Collar is joining us right at nine o'clock. 
We're here because we're not messing around. Ding, ding. So I'm going to hit him here. Boom, boom, okay. boom. So the boom. fourth quarter, they kept They're going to sweep that. Okay. Now, before we get here, they got double back goats. Double back goats. I ain't never seen the goat. Uh. I ain't never played two goats in a row. Mm. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. So they <laughs> Green Bay Packers sweep the Minnesota Vikings. 12s there? It's, it's okay. going to be a problem. All right. All right. W. W. Ten and six. Ten and six. Ten and six. But you know it's really eleven and five, JJ. Okay, so that's how you get eleven and five. Eleven and five. I kind of disagree with that, but eleven and five gets the Minnesota Vikings back to the playoffs. Yes. Yes. We are gonna pick the Vikings schedule. This is our official pre-training camp. Viking schedule prediction. Yep. And the reason we're doing it now is because we're not going to work. We, we have some off days. Uh, next week, I'm out for a few days. You're out uh, Monday uh, Friday and, and it's Monday. Friday. So yes. like, bleep it. Let's not mess around. Yes. Let's pick it before training camp. Let's go on the record. Mm-hmm. Game by game. And intern Max, is intern Max in there? You're in too, okay? All right. All five of us. Dave Harrigan, <laughs> Matthew Collar. Dave's going to go game by game. We're all going to pick the Vikings schedule. Can we do preseason, or do we just only regular? We can warm up. <laughs> Let's just start sure. with week one. Yeah, can we just start with the uh, 49ers game? All right, fine. Sorry, Dave. September 9th, noon, U.S. Bank Stadium, 49ers visiting Vikings. We'll just go around. We'll go Judd, me, Collar, uh, Max, and back to Dave every time, all right? Uh, all right, this is a very di- uh, difficult game, but it is a win, one and all. It's they a beat win. the 49ers. It's a win. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of talent there. I think long-term great future in the NFL. Sorry, sophomore slumps to start uh, week one here. Mike Zimmer's defense. I'll take a win. Hard to beat the Vikings at home. Max? Yeah, that's a win. Uh, Tough defense. Sorry, Jimmy. Sounds like a sweep. Jimmy's seen a lot of things, but he ain't seen no Zimmer defense. Week two, September 16th, noon, Vikings, Packers, Lambo. Aaron Rodgers, uh, back after being hurt against Anthony Barr last year, gets his revenge in this one. This is a loss. The Vikings come out of this game at 1-1. One and one. I, I, I agree. It's a revenge game for Rodgers. Loss. I'll go loss. Loss. Wow. 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 <laughs> you people are disgusting, but you're right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has <laughs> forgot. Did you see he even told Peter King in his uh, first column on whatever it is, uh, uh, what is he? Pro football talk, right? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. NBC and, now. Yep. Yes, he still hasn't forgotten about Anthony Barr. He still can't believe Barr didn't turn around and at least give him a thumbs up. You okay, man? You okay? No, hasn't I get, forgotten. I would have given Revenge him the, the thumbs sideways and then a thumbs down. Oh, yeah. you would have gone Roman. Is it, like is it like Rocky Four, where he's just got a picture in his mirror? He's been working out <laughs> with a full beard in Siberia and he's got a picture of Everything Anthony Barr. Everything is not in the Rocky Four, Phil. Most things are. I'm sorry. It's either Rocky Four or wrestling. Danica plays the role of Adrian. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bills at Vikings week three, noon start. Uh, this is a decisive victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep, it's a win, especially if Nathan Peterman gets into the game. I think he throws six interceptions in this one, and the Vikings win. But yeah. spread out over the whole game this time instead of just in the first half. Oh, you don't know. It could be the first half again. Yeah. Max? Yeah, Vikes are beating the Bills here. No dissension so far. It's Vikings, obviously. Uh, week four looks like a Thursday night tilt in L.A. Vikings-Rams. A very tough game on the road against a very good team. Results in a L. It's a loss. Two and two for me. I'm with Judd. Early season adversity. Tough schedule. 
Mike Zimmer owned Sean McVay last year. I'm going to say he does again. Ooh. The Vikings get a win there. Wow, look at you. What yeah, I agree with Collar. How about uh, that? I don't think Jared Goff can figure out our defense. Wow. Or the Vikings. A lot of defense. purple drank going around the studio this I morning. I like it, yeah. I uh, I would normally pick Vikings, but I never like a road team on a Thursday night, so I have to go Rams. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. No I'm choice. Sorry. Yep. Uh, then we go, uh, looks like we uh, head to Philly after that. Vikings at Eagles, October 7th. A little, uh, little afternoon till 325 start. A little Buck and Aikman, maybe. <gasps> Could it be? A loss. Oh. Go to Philadelphia. It's going to be a close game. It's a, a revenge game, certainly for the Vikings, but I think that they lose this game and have a two-game losing streak, two and three. Uh, this is a revenge game for the Vikings, and it might be, it's, I don't know when Carson Wentz comes back. Is it possible that Carson Wentz could be easing back in? Yep. Uh, maybe the week before that. I'm going to say Vikings win that game over Philadelphia. I say that no Vikings fans travel to Philadelphia this time, yeah. and they take an L in Philly. Max? Yep, they're, they're going to lose. We just, yeah, it's, they can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Vikings. Seems very until. stressful for Max right now. Ma- Max is Max struggling is like, right now. I'm growing up here. He I know it's to be negative. Happen. It's okay, Max. All don't right, worry. So, so, uh, so, Dave, you have them two and three right now. I do. I believe. Judd has them two and three. The rest of us have them three and two. That's the last update I'm going to give until the end of the schedule. All right. I want to point out the early negativity. Max, you should be happy about this one. Vikings can come home and get healthy uh, in their sixth matchup, taking on the Cardinals uh, October 14th. I, I had them at I had them at two and three, but they will come out of this game at three and three after a win. Uh, four and two. Vikings win. I'll say they win. Yep. Vikings win. W! All right. And this just starts the winning streak because yep. after this, you go to New York to take on the football Jets. Uh, two consecutive wins. Uh, you beat the Jets. You're four and three in my world. Uh, they win. I'll take another win. Good luck to Teddy Bridgewater, but. What if it is Teddy? Wow. But, uh, and what if he breaks his leg again? Like hey, come on. That's Teddy. He's I think a nice they will guy. have traded Teddy Bridgewater by then. I think Ooh. he has a good I think he might be right. He has a I good like preseason. Somebody else around the league gets hurt, and then they trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Is it possible that the Cardinals will have had Teddy Bridgewater the week before, and you have beat Bridgewater in that game instead? Throwing it out there. Uh, Max or Dave, who are we on here? Did who? you make your pick, Max? Yeah. I, All right. I, Jets. I okay, yes. It's a win, it's a win, it's a win. Yeah, okay. I, I say win, too. And if, it, if it is Teddy, uh, Zimmer instructs his players not to touch him. Don't touch Teddy. Put the red jersey on yes. him. Yeah, just make sure. Another chance for Minneapolis Miracle. A little prime time on the 28th of uh, October. Vikings hosting the Saints, 720, Sunday night. Judd. Uh, I have this. I, I actually had this as a win when we did our initial prediction. I've changed it to a loss. The Saints win this game. Drew Brees beats them this time, 4-4. Four and four. Uh, I agree. I think the Saints get revenge in that game. Prime time against the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. No, I think it's a win. Max? It's t- tough to beat the Vikes at home. Uh, Drew Brees will come out and have a great game, but Kirk Cousins will really prove that he is the quarterback. Of this this wow. guy is just wow. breaking down knowledge right here. Ooh. X's and O's. Just See, slinging the takes over there. I think Marcus Sherrill's returns a punt for a touchdown. I think that's <laughs> how sure. they win. He always does it, That's right? a three-sack game for Daniel Hunter, but Drew Brees comes back at the end with a big fourth-quarter drive. <laughs> yeah, Vikes going to win. I like the, uh, the home atmosphere on a Sunday night. Let's go, and let's keep the winning going when the Vikings host the Lions the following Sunday at noon. And, in fact, they will. Vikings win this game. Agree with Judd. I think the Vikings lose to the Lions. Matt wow, Stafford at, at home. Matt Stafford is the only quarterback who has beat them twice at U.S. Bank Stadium. So yeah, Maximilian. That's, that's an L. It, it's a win for the Vikes, but it's a close one. Well, look at you hedging right there. 
Wow. So they, you can claim, hey, listen, I told you. <laughs> if they lose, Max is like, I told you before training camp, this was going to be a tight game, okay? I think no he just picked a Max. Lions cover. Is that what I heard? <laughs> Lions cover. Essentially, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Vikings we should have put hypothetical <laughs> point spreads on all these games. <laughs> Vikings by three and a half. Uh, Vikings win that one going away, uh, and then they have to go away because they're going to Chicago. It's tall. It's always tough to play at Soldier Field, especially in the middle of November yeah. the 18th. The uh, Ghost of Soldier Field bite the Vikings in the butt this season, and they lose that game. What? Coming off of a bye, zero chance Mike Zimmer loses to Mitch Trubisky. That's a win, 10-point win for the Vikings. I say do not sleep on the Chicago Bears offense, that they made massive changes, and if Mitch Trubisky's any good, he's going to be able to show it with this offense, and the Vikings go lose at Soldier Field. Don't sleep on the Bears. Is that a hibernation pun? what you did there. It wasn't, but it is now. <laughs> Max? Uh, Zimmer teams have never played good in Chicago. They don't play good here. Or play well. Here. You don't do grammar good. good that's either. fine. Yeah, they don't good play is fine. Well. Don't worry about it. And, Me no uh, talk right. It's a relaxed conversation. <laughs> they lose. They lose. It's a tough one. All right, David? Uh, Vikings win that one. Coming off the bye, Phil's right. And they're going to kick the crap out of Trubisky. Uh, the next one, Vikings Packers part due Sunday night. The 25th. Rodgers might November. beat the Vikings in Lambeau Field, but he does not at U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings win. All right, I have a, I have a victory here as well. I think it's a split season series. Both teams winning at home. Same thing. They beat the Packers at home. Yep. Max? Packers at home. Rodgers isn't going to play in that game. He's going to get hurt again sometime. <laughs> wow. Yep. I don't know. So, Vikings win. So Hundley beats them. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, they, they got somebody else now, right? I don't backup know. Guy. I have yeah, no they idea. Got a new backup quarterback. Yeah, no idea. what's his uh, name? I don't is Hundley not with the Packers anymore? I don't. This is a great segment right now. Yeah, I don't know. great stuff. Keep going. Uh, Vikings Patriots the following week in New England to uh, kick off the month of December. Belichick. <laughs> that's your pick. Belichick. Just, just Belichick. Belichick that's wins. That's your pick. Belichick wins. Um, Vikings shock the world in this game and take down a forty-year-old Tom Brady oh, with Mike Zimmer's defense. My. Signature oh. win for Mike Zimmer. Red lines going crazy if that happens. Vikings Signature. win that game. I'm with you on that. I think the Vikings go there. They beat the Patriots, and people are shouting Super Bowl in the streets. <laughs> we lose to the Patriots. <laughs> Look at Max. Thank you, Max. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, guys. It's going to be like when the Giants played the Patriots, the perfect season. You know, towards That was week 17. But this is close enough. They'll put up a good fight. They'll lose. But maybe they'll just learn a little bit of something they need for Super Bowl 53. Okay, so a moral victory is what <laughs> yes, they're saying. Yes, exactly. Right. Vikings then travel to the other side of the country to take on the Seattle Seahawks. I changed a W to an L earlier. In this case, I'm changing an L to a W. I have lost faith in Seattle. I think the Vikings go to Seattle. It's a tough place to play. They win in Seattle. Um, I think this is going to be kind of a letdown game. Call it a trap game, if you will. And Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the Vikings lose that game. And it might be a desperate Seattle team in a tough division, too. If there's any quarterback that can just run away from Everson Griffin for the whole game and somehow win, it's Russell Wilson. So I will also say an L for the Vikings in Seattle. Max. I think Seattle's going to be a trade wreck this year. Wow. Vikings win. I think you're right. They are coming apart at the seams. I don't care about your 12. I don't care about your Russ Wilson. Give me the purple all day. Week 16, Vikings hosting Dolphins. When? Uh, week week 15. Week yeah, 15. Fi- oh, excuse me. Yeah, let's let's not overlook the Dolphins here, but I think we're well, all no, picking no, a no, win. It's, right? it's, it's week 16. It's week 16. It's, it's week 16. Okay. It's with game the 15 included. of week 16. Don't screw with Guess me, what? Phil. <laughs> I know football. 
I'm sleeping on the on the Dolphins. It's a win. It's an easy win. Yeah, it's a win for the Vikes. Sorry, Ryan Tannehill yeah. and whoever they want to run out there. Whenever picking the schedule, I always pick one baffling loss because every team has one. I will pick a baffling loss for the Vikings at home against the Dolphins. Wow. Reminiscent of their loss to the Indianapolis Colts at home late in the season. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Max? Uh, it, it's a win. It's a win. <laughs> <laughs> pump, is, Mac, Max pump fake there a little bit. A little pump fake struggling to get a, that to be a win. I already picked a baffling oh. loss. That was losing in Philly. I can't see how that's going to happen. So I don't have to worry about this one. Uh, Vikings beat the Dolphins. Then we wrap it up week 17, game 16. Vikings at Lions to put a bow on the regular season. No, we don't put a bow on the regular season. There yeah, because we still they a game play. Left after they, that. I don't know what schedule you're looking at, but they play. They play. What? They play. They've got the seventeen Bears. weeks in the NFL and sixteen games. Uh, Detroit. Anybody want to pick the Vikings losing at Detroit? No, it's a I win. will. I'll pick them losing at Detroit. No. I think they lose at Detroit. Oh, ye of little faith. Right. Did you have them? Someone, Google doesn't have the last you, game on here. What? Google, you screwed me. They've been having troubles with the Google lately. Detroit and then home against Chicago. Yes, the last Chicago. Game. You're right. All right. At de- thank I'm you. the idiot. At Detroit, <laughs> Judd. Uh, win. Okay. I've got them. I've got them losing that game. I say win. Okay. I, the split with the Lions. I okay. think there's the baffling loss. That's a really will it okay. be baffling though? I mean, no, the, it wouldn't the, be baffling. The, the Stafford's trying good. To, trying to figure out it's how good the Lions are going to be is hard because yes. they've got a new defensive coach. Last year they were something like seventh in points scored, but yep. their defense was a joke. So if they improve that, maybe they're good. Dave, what do you Back got? Back to Dave. Week 17, <laughs> Vikings beat the Lions on the road. You got to sweep the Lions. Come on. <clears throat> All right, finally, we wrap it up. Week 18, Vikings hosting Bears again. I've got this as a win, meaning in my world, the Vikings end with four consecutive victories. Yeah, they're going to beat the, the yeah the Bears. I mean, the Bears are going to be competitive, but uh, I need Mitch Trubisky to prove it. So Vikings win that game. I say they bounce back from the adversity of the Dolphins' loss with two wins at the end and take care of the Chicago Bears. Yes, win. For the Vikes. And Dave. Vikings don't need this one. They have already sewn up the division. Playoff uh, positioning is no issue. Perhaps you sit a couple guys. Vikings, Bears finish tied at 16 each. Wow. So you have. <laughs> so, so, so Dave has 11, 4, and 1. Uh, both Max and myself have 11 and 5. And Judd and Collar uh, bringing it back to reality with 10 and 6 records. Yeah. There it is. They get in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Or do they at ten and They'll six? They get in the playoffs. I think or they're just. They? There are more bumps in team. the road for this team. Sure, sure there will be. be. Yep. Tougher schedule. Maggie and Judd. That's right. We just picked the Vikings schedule for the fourth time this year, and probably not the last. Uh, let's come back. Collar's hanging out with us. TCL Broadcast Studios. You can find him on the Purple Podcast and fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. Luther Brookdale Toyota. You can find on the corner of six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard. And we're talking about a brand new stadium that was just built five, six years ago. That's the equivalent of the new facility uh, that my family and I have been going to now for all five or six years. And then for another 25 years before that, the old stadium, so to speak. Uh, it's like if, if I could make a sports analogy, it's like you had the front office in place, you had the players in place, you had 
all the the, the all the the core things built, so to speak. Uh, but then you just needed the new facility. You just needed to to draw everything out. You needed space, and that's the combination you get right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota with the 30 workstations, the expert knowledge, the peace of mind, the Luther Lounge with two massive 70-inch flat-screen TVs, six workstations, cable TVs in all of them, and uh, and complimentary snacks, coffee, tea, play area for the kids. Stop in, find out why my family and I haven't chosen anyone other than Luther Brookdale Toyota for decades. Six nine. Mackie and Judd are back. Please, continue. On 1500 ESPN. Come on! Football! Football. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Yes, yeah. sir! <laughs> uh, all right, Collar's hanging out. Did you happen to see episode three of the Judd Zolgad Athlete Challenge? I got to say, I was stunned. I was blown away. I expected video of Judd hunting around in the woods or the thick. <laughs> I expected swearing, frustration, anger, sweating. And instead, he just drops this beautiful tee shot it was right ridiculous. next to the green. Yes. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. What is that? Sorry to disappoint. His first swing in 20 years. And if you missed this, you can find the video, the full-length video on our 1500 ESPN YouTube page, just youtube.com slash 1500 ESPN Twin Cities. Perfect or off the team. Facebook.com slash 1500 ESPN. Okay, in it's retrospect, how much, I, I feel like Dave Harrigan deserves a ton of credit for talking Judd out of bad club decisions. Which I gave Dave. Like I said, if, if Dave doesn't help me, it might not be a disaster, but I think it's more like an 8 to a 10. Which, well, that's a disaster. Well, but in my but in <laughs> but in my world in my world if if I had used a three iron to start off with, and the ball sailed, but it looked good, I'd be thrilled. What still. was your thought process? So it was it was a one hundred fifty yard uh, uh, par three. When you thought three iron, because you were talking about three iron, I didn't all know week, my own strength. But what was your logic for a three iron? Just that it's the it's the club that you hit the furthest. Yeah, that's exactly. not a driver. Okay, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep, and so I thought to myself, because I, I expected to sort of duff the ball or, or not do that well, and so I thought, well, with the three, if I make decent contact, it's going to travel. In retrospect, though, if I had gone against what Dave said, it would have traveled, and it would have traveled way too far. Yeah. So a, I give Dave all credit. It was a great shot, but to his point, if you had gone anywhere else, you wouldn't have been able to save it because your chipping technique and your putting was pretty ugly. But all you needed to do was just get it in there. The so putting was ugly. The chipping came from Dave. The green. Dave, Dave, the the one that said use this club and and hit the chip like a putt. Yeah, and Dave was right. No, I th- uh, I Dave think, deserves I, a ton of credit. I here. think it was good. It was really good advice. And I I thought I heard him say keep the ball sort of toward your back feet, or yeah, back, back foot. Yep, and that yeah, that's how you do it. It would have been funny to give sabotaging caddy advice, like, okay, you want to open the face as wide as you can. We want to get some laughter. You want to pop it up and land it real soft, <laughs> and just make it, you know make sure you flop it. I wouldn't have fallen close. for that one. I would have known that sure? that was bad advice. Judd, trust me, you want to you want to yeah, open your open stance a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> Turn towards the woods and hit it as hard as possible, and it'll come back. So what what should the next episodes be? We're getting all kinds of submissions here. And we could expand this beyond just Judd. This could be like a 1500 ESPN athlete challenge. Kicking a field goal is a good one. Um, also, a kickoff. Like how many yards 
a kickoff would go if we got him a tee. Because oh. I kind of think with an extra point or a field goal, he's never getting the ball off the ground. So it would just be Judd kicks the ball into the ground. Yeah. But if we said, okay, we'll set him up with a tee, can he kick it to the other 35? That might be good. Um, someone else said, can he throw a strike from 60 feet, 6 inches in 20 pitches? 20 pitches? 20 pitches? You could underhand one at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, last... I could lob it in. I've got... I yeah. got a bad shoulder though, so it wouldn't. I mean, it would be it would be uh, your other very slow. And I think My if anyone shoulder, is no, ever no, I'm not throwing left handed. If you've paid attention at all to first pitches thrown by normal people, sixty feet six inches is back there. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's a ways. You'll see that guy. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go right up on the rubber, mm-hmm. toe that rubber, and then he doesn't come close. Yeah, to on, on TV it looks like you're right in the hitter's kitchen because the the camera's in the center field. But then when you actually stand out there, and oh, yeah. I have to throw a ball over. You know, through this little box. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. I think kicking a football would be because I'm trying to think, and I probably have tried to kick a real football in my entire lifetime, like five times, maybe. Like yeah. punting or, so, or, or kicking or both? No, like 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 trying an, an extra point or a kickoff. Yeah. I've punted. I th- I think it would be more realistic in these challenges to try a punt. Yeah, because I've punted. And and I think people can identify with with punting. I think kicking a football off the ground is incredibly difficult. For a field, I, goal, I think most yeah. of us for a field goal be really hard. Would stink. I, Could you catch a punt? Can we get someone? Oh, that that's can that's punt even more fun. All right, that's, that's a better question. More fun, that's yes. a better question. I, think, I don't know. And if we could, if we could get if we could get Quigley to be part of this and put and put some hang time, <laughs> put five awesome. seconds of hang time on a punt. <laughs> Even if it, even if it's just me, I think I can punt the ball maybe like thirty or forty yards. I think if you punt it's, it, I think the hang it. time that yeah. makes it difficult, right? But I, it, I think if, I can punt it high enough to make Judd look ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think that, and Dave came up with this one too because uh, uh, he has a fungo bat. And in fact, we almost did this when we did the soccer challenge. He has Drum a fungo bat. No. Pop-ups. Pop-ups. Oh, he could get hurt. Towering pop-ups. <laughs> I could get hurt in all these things, Collar. So yeah. when are you concerned about yeah. that? Is it more likely that Joe would get hurt or or catch a pop-up? Which one? If if there are odds on. Well, to get hurt, one of I would things. have to I would have to have David hit me a pop-up and the ball come down on my face. I think I could deflect it. At the very worst, I think I could deflect the Just ball away from my face. Over your face. Is that yeah. If I get, lost it, I'd probably cover my face up with the glove. Can we get one of those like little league helmets that have the mask? No. I'm not. No, 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 no. If I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to get hurt. I am not wearing a helmet. I am not going to be helmet dude. Take it like a champ. Yes, I'm going to take it off the head if that's what happens. You'd look like my dog. We have to put a muzzle on her so she doesn't eat everything in the backyard when we just let her run around. And it looks like a cage, basically. She looks like Bane. I am not doing that. No, no. If I get hurt, I get hurt. Going back to the football ones, I would like to hit fungos at you, ground balls, fly balls, whatever oh, it is. Ground balls could do some damage. How about we combine it all? Yeah. How about we have a Judd Zolgad punt, pass, and kick competition? Wow. Wow. I just did a quick Google search, and you can find the records that have been set for all the age groups, boys and girls, 6 to 7, 8 to 9, 10 and 11. Yep. We can pick an age group and a gender and see wow. if you can beat it. I say 10 to 11. Because of my <laughs> arm problems, the the pass wouldn't be pretty. I think I can punt, and the kick I have no clue. The kick, is my guess, would be atrocious. Do you get a t- he gets a T, though, right? On the kick, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why is it punt, pass, and kick? Why why kick and punt? 
You know, like why? Who came up with the punt, pass, and kick you back have in the a day? A kicker and a punter—they're they're different specialties. But punt. why not like punt, kick, and catch, or pass, punt, and smear the quarterback? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I hurt somebody? Punt, <laughs> kick, and hard snap count at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Make the defense jump. I drew him offside. Yeah, I won. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, I think we're, uh, Don Stoner says, idea for your uh, next Zolgad sports challenge, not only a three-point shooting contest, but one against Lindsey Whalen. Is that a shot against Lindsey Whalen because she doesn't shoot threes? I don't get that, Don. She just went three for three the other night from deep. Yeah, and I'm not doing that. Yeah, Nick says, just have Judd compete against a couple 12-year-olds in a, just get a couple actual 12-year-olds. And have the three of them just like hanging around, oh, like, passing kids. Where are we going to find? Yeah, to college point. Where are we going to find the twelve year olds? Put out an ad. How, how are we going to find them without getting arrested? That sounds really weird. Let's go hang out at a park. <laughs> Hey, hey, little boy, you want to come over and try punt, pass, and kick against me? I'm only 48. Especially as Judd's wearing his, his winter coat and mesh shorts. Exactly. Zolgad, 48, was was arrested in St. Louis Park on Wednesday while attempting to lure two oh young boys into God. a punt, pass, and kick. What he called to be a punt, pass, and kick situation. Maybe we go back to hoops. We go back to hoops oh, and we go to a no. gym where you can lower the basket, you know, with a little crank. So you just go inch by inch. See how high before Judd cannot dunk. Start at like seven feet. <laughs> go to seven feet, two inches. Gonna, Start at five feet. Yes. And, and eventually get to the point where he just ha- hammers it off the uh, the rim and goes down hard. Oh. That would be very, very quick. I love it. Let's love- try fly balls. Okay? okay. You want to do that? Let's try fly balls next. All right. Fly balls. Next. I think I could catch some. Not all. I think I could catch some. Fly balls. And I might get hurt. Okay. Perfect. Exactly, which would be fun for everybody, except for me. Uh, Kyler hanging out with us, Mackie and Judd. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. Watch this play. Colin Kaepernick. Watch the tempo of the ball. This guy's been known for fastballs. Now with his refined mechanics, that ball has arc to it. It's still firm. It doesn't make the receiver wait for it, but it's able to get up and down. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. 7-5. Phil Mackey. Out of shape, overweight, and as I continue to say on this show, he doesn't take it seriously. Judd Zolgad. Judd is simply getting old, crotchety, and jaded about sports. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. Football. Uh, speaking of, of kicking, I think kicking a field goal or even kicking an extra point for someone who's never done it is underratedly hard. I right? have tried it, and I can make an extra point, but it is extremely hard. Yeah. I had a buddy, we had a bet. He claimed, because he played rugby, that he could make a 35-yard field goal. I was like, no, I'll sign my car over to you if you make a 35-yard field goal. He came close, but no, he did didn't. He, did he get it to the to the crossbar, at least? It was, it was close. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get quite enough on it. But it was closer than I wanted it to be because <laughs> the, it was a pretty serious bet. Because there we was, argued over it for like a week. I mean, think about this. So you said 35 yards, right? So for someone who played rugby and has had some experience, it wasn't that long ago in football history. It wasn't – I'm looking at right now, because and this Judd retweeted something yesterday, like an old school kicker from the 60s yeah, with the front. Cleveland, Washington, and, and he was kicking it straight on from the baseball portion of – of the field, infield, back dirt. before they sodded it, 
With so, like- yeah, he's on the infield dirt trying to kick a straight-on field goal. And the guy must have weighed... 260. Yeah. Because he looks huge. So I went back just for fun, just to see like the evolution of kicking. This is the nerdiest football thing I've done in a long time. Probably doesn't match some of the things that Collar does, like going through Not YouTube close. videos for six hours a day. <laughs> Kickers used to be so crappy. As frustrated as we get right now, if you miss a kick from 38 yards, it's like, get him off the team. You know, Blair Walsh goes through a slump and get him out of here. So, 1967 NFL, and this is not to crap on one of the legendary Vikings figures, but Fred Cox, and Judd tipped me off of this. Fred Cox was the sixth best kicker in the NFL, a 14-team NFL. Sixth best percentage kicker in the NFL that year. At 51%, 17 of 33, which included 8 of 11 from 20 to 29 yards, from 40 to 49, or actually from 40 plus, he was 3 of 13, and that was normal for that era. Yeah. Like when. He was good. Who was the first kicker that figured out, you know what, if you use the side of your foot, soccer style, it gives you a lot more accuracy and some more distance? How good was uh, Jan Stenerud? Or was it Jan Stenerud? Was it Jan, 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 Jan Stenerud? Yeah, yeah. Played here for How a How good year was or two. he? Because I remember him being like the first sort of modern kicker. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yes. Yes, I believe he is. And the, so, and the first guy who could really boot it and be like a reliable weapon, the same way that Ray Guy was for a punter. Yeah, so he was, and, and Jan Stenerud for, he was, what, Kansas City for the majority yes. of his career, right? Yep. So Jan Stenerud, this is in the late 60s and then into the 70s. He led the NFL back-to-back years early in his career in, in make percentage, and even he was only making like 75, 77%. That gets that 75% gets you fired. But that's, in the, that, in the NFL that's at that point in the league, that's for probably sure. a weapon for them. Like, well, this guy makes all the field goals, 75%. The answer to, to your question Peter Gogolak was the first soccer style kicker in American football history. He kicked for the Buffalo Bills of the American oh. Football League between right. 1964 and 65, and then the Giants between 66 and 1974. Okay. So it started it started early, but I don't think that you had a full league of, of guys that did soccer style. I think Mark Mosley was the last guy to kick straight on for Washington, and that went into, I want to say, the, the mid to late 80s. You know, when we talk about 1960s kickers, there's only one man who can add to this conversation. <laughs> it's Pat well, in Golden Valley. I wanted to add this. Uh, I was talking to Zamberletti. Uh, this year about the you know the the history of the Vikings in the Super Bowls, and he said they knew they were in trouble again. He knew they were in trouble against Kansas City when he saw Stenerud warming up, <laughs> and he said I'd never seen a ball go so high in my entire life. <laughs> and you know we yep. still had Freddie uh, resolutely kicking it straight ahead and trying to make it for thirty five back then. But he said, I just thought you guys would be interested in that. He said, Stenerud's ball was up there. We hit a golf ball. I mean, we hit. Stenerud was one of the the only kickers that would even attempt kicks from 50 plus yards back in the day, right? I mean, they wouldn't even attempt kicks that long. You're absolutely right. The change of distance, where you have to be to kick a field goal is unbelievable. By the way, the Gogolaks were the first. the uh, uh, Pete Gogolak and then uh, Charlie Gogolak were the first sideways kickers. The flying Gogolaks. The Gogolaks, yeah, right. Weren't they? I think they started in Buffalo there. Yes, uh, I just found that. If I'm not, if I'm not With the Bills. Yes. They did. Anyway, anyway, 
that was uh, you. Zambi confirmed all that you're talking about, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you. Thanks, Bye, Pat. Pat. See ya. Yeah. Uh, they had there was a kicker in 1967 for the Rams named Bruce Gossett. Mm-hmm. Bruce Gossett, who attempted 43 field goals, which is like that's more than most kickers now would attempt, right? Yeah. 43. I mean, you attempt 43 field goals in a season. That's a lot of field goals. He was 20 of 43, <laughs> 20 of 43, including from beyond 30 yards. So just you know, chip shots beyond 30 yards all the way out to the five he attempted from 50. He was 6 of 25 from beyond 30 yards. <laughs> so the, so basically the NFL in the 60s and 70s was interceptions, missed field goals, and hand the ball off 400 times to a bell cow. When I watch the old games, even in the early 90s, it's one of the biggest differences is kicking and then also the interceptions. The interception totals are hilarious to go back and look at. <laughs> I mean, if you look at like Vinny Testaverde, he would have been banned from ever touching a football ever again from his first five years as an NFL quarterback. Yes. People kept giving him jobs, and he kept throwing 20 interceptions every yep. year. And I was watching a game last night from Thanksgiving 1987, Cowboys and Vikings. And at the end of the game, Danny White is driving and just throws the most inexplicable, horrendous interception that we would have spent months talking about how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And they just did that all the time. Just threw these and they terrible didn't get- picks. Bradshaw, rookie year, 1970. Total disaster. Six touchdowns, 24 picks. <laughs> oh, yeah. 24 picks. He started eight games. He started eight games and played in 13. The next year they came back again, and he played in 14 games, and he went to 13 touchdowns, so an improvement there, 22 picks. Wow. His first four years, his picks were 24, 22, 12, 15. Well, you know, I mean, Joe Namath is this legendary figure, right? When you, when you just, when, when casual football fan, when you think about legends in football and who are the greatest quarterbacks of all time, top 10 lists, and, you know, Joe Namath might come up in the conversation of legendary figures. <laughs> Joe, Joe Namath, now, granted, he was throwing a lot more passes, especially early, early in his career. The Jets threw a lot of passes early in his career. He led the NFL four times in interceptions with 27, 28, 22, one year, 28, and threw 50 more interceptions than touchdowns and completed only 50% of his passes, but guaranteed a Super Bowl win and had a couple huge seasons and was this legendary figure off the field. This, the 60s throwing, it looks like the ball weighs 50 pounds. It does. There's <laughs> a shot, a football <laughs> shot. They heave it up. Yeah, right. They <laughs> heave so, up bombs. Yeah, it you're was, right. It was really the 70s and then in the 80s where we have football is what it is now. I, th- I think when the West Coast offense becomes really popular, that's how we see football now is a lot of the short passing, a lot of the the three and five step drops and getting it out quick and accuracy being the thing. And guys run right routes now too. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I got a feeling in 76 or so, hey, go out and run this route. And if you run it right, that's great. And if you don't, I'm still going to throw the ball. Yeah. The route tree was uh, was, was missing tree. some branches back in the day. 651-646-8255. Hey, Keith. I, I just had a quick question. Back in the earlier days, missed field goals, uh, where was the ball spotted at? Wasn't it spotted at the twenty? Boy, if it, I mean, a missed field goal. You would, you would think that there'd be some strategic, uh, strategic advantage to attempting field goals with that low of a rate. So maybe you're right. I, I thought, I I think you should look it up because then it becomes a matter of uh, just kicking it in uh, like a punt. I believe the uh, the rule was changed to respot the ball at the spot of the kick not too long ago. It was for sure. 
I always thought that was my only point. Un- Thanks, Keith. Unless I'm wrong here, I, I always thought that previous to when, when they changed the rule in the last couple of years, that the ball was spotted at at the line of scrimmage and not the point of the kick. I didn't think, and I, I might be wrong, that they actually moved the ball to the twenty. So if you try to kick from if the line of scrimmage was the thirty, that the ball yeah. was on the thirty, and now it's obviously back at where the kicker attempted the kick. And then the the other thing about about that era, so nineteen seventies going back, early seventies going back. The fact that the goalpost was on the goal line for a long time in the <laughs> guys history of would football, run into it once right. in a while. I mean, you'd be running like smack dab into the goalpost. You'd be running. You could you could use the goalpost as a pick on a pass play near the line of scrimmage, right? Or you'd be running a route full speed and you'd run into the goalpost and knock yourself out. And somebody finally figured, let's just let's just move it back to the back of the end zone. It's amazing. Nineteen seventy nine, Terry Bradshaw, right? Yeah, by, yeah. by now, an established quarterback. So you're thinking a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He threw twenty four picks in, in his first year, but certainly things have changed. In nineteen seventy nine, Terry Bradshaw threw twenty six touchdowns, threw twenty five picks. Dude, that's it. Didn't change really. And the, the the thing about Brett Favre with all the interceptions that he threw, because you look up his stats and he's got a couple of twenty interception seasons is the interception percentage that he had was above average for that era. So per pass, he didn't throw that many interceptions, really. You just remember a couple of them. Uh, None that Vikings fans would recall, I don't think. But uh, you you remember some of the really bad picks in playoff games, but it's not really that bad when you look at it from a historical perspective. Uh, Let's take one more on this. We're talking old school football. Ed, you're on the show. Well, you know, the, the steady improvement in kicking, I mean, there's been little changes along the way, and one of them is the kickers are allowed to bring their own ball out into the field. Yeah. Yeah. One they've been practicing with all season. Yeah, I mean, they can, and they sit there and they're obsessive about. Yeah, they, rubbing it down right. and making sure it's... Same. Yeah. Uh, and they in, in, inflate it more or less or whatever the best well, They would never is. do that. Uh, no. I have no, no idea what no. you're talking about. Can you, that, that'd can, be cheating. That is, a, that is a detail that is for sure a, a factor. And with the kicking, it's almost out of control with like how good these kickers are. Uh, the game against the Lions, if you're the Vikings or a Vikings fan and you look at just you pull back and look at that game in 2016 where Matt Stafford gets the ball basically to midfield and then his kicker bombs a 60 yarder to send it to overtime. Like, this is cheating. Yeah. Like, what is this? It's, yeah. uh, they, they don't even, they barely have to get it past midfield oh, Prater, to get points. Day? And that guy did steroids. I was going to say, he got yeah. better for steroids. <laughs> so you got these, like, you got these absolute freaks bombing it from 60. You're like, is this really what we were going for when we invented field goals? I I really honestly think that they should make the goalposts a little closer together. If it was closer together, you wouldn't have to worry about like where the extra point line is too, right? Okay, it's just now it's just harder, and it puts more emphasis, and it makes teams go for it more in fun spots on the field too. Um, later on, we are gonna have a pecking order here in like fifteen minutes. Mackie and Judd hanging out with Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN. Do you have hot sports takes? Aren't afraid to share your opinions on the local teams? Do you want your own show right here on 1500 ESPN? If you answered yes, we've got the deal for you. 1500 ESPN's Sportscaster Idol is for you. We're holding a competition to find our next host 
with the winner receiving their own show for one year. Entries are being accepted now on our website through July 29th. Get it done. More details, 1500ESPN.com. Thank you, Dave. Packing order in like 10 minutes. Matthew Collar's hanging out with us. Uh, Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com, Saturday Sports Talk. Level of interest, All-Star Game tonight. Anybody can hear it on 1500ESPN. Well, huge then. Enormous. I mean, big no. in that sense. Yeah. Uh, if I am in the car, really. I will definitely listen to whatever is on our station. Yes. And if you're not in the car, are you going to turn on the All-Star Game on your uh, television at home? I don't know. I'm I, kind of out, and I'm a diehard baseball guy. And I'll tune in for a little bit. I maybe, used to love I'll the All-Star it. Game. I mean, it used to be one of my favorite things of the entire summer. And part of it was because I didn't have cable and we didn't have the access to all the different players. So it was my one shot to see Ken Griffey Jr. that year or Mark McGuire that year in the in the home run derby and then in the All-Star game. But now I just, you know, we'll have MLB tonight on and see everybody play in one way or another. And it's just not doesn't have the same magic for me. I can't decide if if my disinterest in the All-Star game is driven by the fact that that when you're a kid, it's a huge deal. And then as you as you become older and a bit jaded, it becomes like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Or or if the fact that we now see the National League play the American League consistently, if we now see guys switch teams constantly, if the one thing, the the first All-Star game that I watched was 78. And I will say at that time, the American League and National League really did have have a rivalry of sorts. And now it's almost impossible for that to happen. Let me run something by you, Phil, that we talked about on Saturday. I said that Mike Trout has killed the popularity of baseball. And I'll include Clayton Kershaw. Because neither of these players is the slightest bit interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't think it even matters where they play, because Ken Griffey Jr. played in Seattle, and that was my upbringing, was Ken Griffey Jr. was the guy. He played with flair, right? He had backwards hat and batting practice and derbies and robbed home runs Every single person did his batting stance in Little League, if you grew up in that era. And now, and, and and from the pitching side, Pedro Martinez was a big personality and he was funny, but he would also throw at guys and he was aggressive and you're just unhittable. He beat up Don Zimmer for Christ's sake. beat up Don Zimmer. But but these two guys are so incredibly uninteresting that you could try to explain to someone like, dude, his ERA plus is insane. Doesn't matter. And they're like, who cares? Correct. Like watching him pitch is boring. It would be like 92. It would be, I I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say that Mike Trout is is the reason why I would agree that Mike Trout, it's not that baseball doesn't prop him up enough. There's some of that, but Mike Trout doesn't prop himself up. Exactly. At least Bryce Harper is out there in an American flag undershirt with slicked back hair, personality, hitting bombs all over the place, taunting pitchers when he's 19 years old, first time in the major leagues. How many fun household name baseball players are there? Because I can sit there in the NBA and name them all morning. I could sit here and say LeBron, super fun. Steph Curry, super fun. James Harden's got a beard, personality, right? Chris Paul, uh, mouths off to opposing players. Uh, yeah, NFL, well, and that part of that's like fantasy football makes everyone on offense interesting. But in baseball, I, I think Twins, fan would, uh, Twins fans would say, well, Eddie Rosario's fun, but he's not a household name nationally. Right, right. I mean, honest to God, other than Bryce Harper, you used to have Brian Wilson with the Giants, with the big beard. You had guys like that. Eric Gagne, who was all hopped up on steroids. You had more guys in the steroid era who were like this, the... 
Mark McGuire's and the Sammy Sosa's. It's a bunch of robots now. The homemade batting stances are gone. It's yeah, all gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Trout is he doesn't even have an interesting batting stance. No, he, he just stands there. Nobody does. Like, who right? has who has an interesting batting much, stance anymore? It's too much to blame Trout, though. See, I, that's well, he's, no, I, but he's, bor- he's boring. Mike so Trout's the, boring. The, the other layer he's Kawhi to this, Leonard. The other layer to this with Trout is that there's nothing to debate with him. There is no argument that you can have. You can have arguments all day. We could do four hours on LeBron because there are just so many arguments with LeBron. NFL, there's always debates going on between Brady, Rodgers, yeah, all those except things. Except I told to you this. If Trout. if Trout played for, for a different team, if Trout played on, on the East Coast, we would find things to talk about. Okay, let's put him on the Yankees. What's the debate? I don't. I don't know what it is. Well, it would be boring stuff. No, you know what the like, debate is. Actually, here's what who who's the best player in baseball? Is Mike Trout the best player of all time? Now, that, here's those the would be the debates. The, the, and this is kind of the debate because he sort of looks like the guy I'm going to bring up. Is Mike Trout Mickey Mantle? Yeah, like we that's literally exactly have to go back sixty bleeping years to find a comp for Mike Trout. But, but the problem with that is that Mike Trout never does anything really wrong or doesn't have bad but seasons Ma- Mantle, or downtime. There's no real time to debate it because he would need to fail in some way, but he really doesn't. But Mantle, when when he played, was, was seen as a complete god. His his failures came out post career. But it, so so. When Mantle played, it's it's very much a parallel in the fact that a guy like Trout and and the Mick would be idolized by people oh, and loved. But this is great because if that, that your point is that if we're going to argue about Mike Trout, he would have to play for the Yankees, and we would have to debate him about a guy who played in the '60s. Like this is perfect for, sure. for why baseball isn't as popular. Is. Yes, let's have the younger generation debate whether he was just as good as Mantle. Yeah. I don't know. Google it. I guess. Yeah, if it, you, it's super boring. And the fact that I think. More people, and this is evidenced by a poll that came out a year ago, the top 100 most famous athletes in baseball had like three, and one of them was Babe Ruth, who's been dead for baseball, 60 years. Baseball's biggest alterations need to come among their chief executives who market the game. The NBA markets itself in a brilliant way. I think baseball drops the ball on a lot of things as well. It's but there's got to be a starting point. It's deeper than that. Tom, you're on the show. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for taking the call. Since you've been talking a little uh, old school today, I don't know if you remember, particularly Phil, you're not going to remember this, you don't hear about it, but they used to have two all-star baseball games every year. Early 60s. One in the National League and one in the American League, and it was played during the day. And those were the days. Well, I'm an old codger, but... Uh, you know the Willie Mazes and uh, and Willie McCovey the, the, and uh, the outfield that the National League would throw out there it was it was just incredible. But that's going back a ways. You guys talking old school just made me think of that for sure. Yeah, here's another thing. Since Tom brought it up, why why baseball was was so great and popular in America's pastime in the '50s and the '60s? Part of that's because the NBA was irrelevant and the NFL was boring. The NFL, like we just talked about kickers, and the NFL was interceptions, handoffs, and guys who smoked cigarettes on the sidelines were out of shape, right? Yeah. And baseball was was 50 to to 75 years old and thriving, and uh, America was much slower But don't forget, there there was a time in this country where we loved three things. We loved boxing, horse racing, and baseball. For sure. And we thought those were the greatest sports, and Saturday night was for boxing, and we thought these two guys hitting each other in the head and giving each other concussions is the best sure, damn thing but, we've ever seen. But we still like fighting. We just we MMA has become more popular. UFC has become more popular. Why? Because 
It doesn't take an hour of two guys kind of feeling each other out to figure out who wins. It's like, oh, this fight might be over in 30 seconds? Okay, that's exciting. Don't, don't you think that one player, though, if that player is both tremendous and historically good and debatable and interesting, can raise the entire profile of a sport? I mean, I, I think that the evidence is LeBron, that basketball has been popular. But LeBron himself has single-handedly taken the NBA and pushed it up. And I know you could say another a bunch of ancillary things, you know, the Warriors and the super teams and the Internet and all those things. But in some way or another, they are all offshoots of LeBron James has done this. And I thought that maybe Bryce Harper would be that guy, but he just hasn't really been good enough. Okay, I, can you stick for one more segment? Sure. Because I have a theory on that. We're, and we'll do pecking order at some point here, too. Mackie and Judd hanging out here. Matthew Collar from the Purple Podcast. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy? Yeah, happy. On 1500 ESPN.